everyone to the Timeout Podcast presented to you by On The Call Sports. If you are unaware, the BSO show and podcast has been rebranded changed to on the, and changed to On The Call. On The Call is a media outlet presenting sports news and opinions through podcasts and articles. Our job is to present college football, NBA, and NHL. But for today, we will talk a little bit about college basketball season coming up. And thank, thank you guys for listening, and we we'll hope you continue to listen and support the podcast. So to begin the podcast, we're just going to give our thoughts on the college basketball season coming up, give our predictions, and who we think will come out on top or the top three in each conference. So start out, we're just going to talk about the ACC conference. Uh, what do you guys, what's your guys think will be surprises? Who will show out one player of the year and who ultimately will come out on top of the ACC? Okay, you can go ahead. All right, so... So far, the ACC is shaping up to be a pretty dominant program as usual, with the two front runners being UVA and Duke, as they were last year, with a little bit of North Carolina, but I'm just going to focus on these two teams for now. Um, Virginia has Kihei Clark, who is one of the more experienced players on that team, as he went through the journey of um, winning that national championship and I think that he can help develop the other guards that he will be playing with. Um, Jay Huff, who was kind of confusing this offseason because he initially stated he was declaring for the draft, then kind of backed out, um, is shaping up to be an absolute animal under Tony Bennett. He's seven one and a forward, so he's going to be getting a lot of touches in the paint, but he's also going to be moving the ball a lot more. And Tony Bennett always has little tricks up his sleeve, so I'm excited to see what UVA is going to be doing this year. For me, and now, yes, I'd yeah. say that um, I have Duke coming out on top, followed by Virginia and UNC. And then I thought all three schools had some like decent signings during the offseason, but just know- knowing like who Duke got and their coaching staff, I really think that they'll be able to come on top of that conference again. Yeah, and I would have to agree. I have Duke coming out on top, followed by Louisville, actually, and UNC. The difference between Duke and Louisville for me, everyone's hyping up Louisville this year, and it's for a good cause. Jordan Nora, most likely, might win player of the year for the ACC conference. So I get that. They have some good recruits coming in, but the only thing that separates them is really Coach K. I mean – also, not just talking about the players Duke brought in, but also the experience and leadership they have with Jack White, Javon Delorier, Jordan Gold, Wyron Alex Connell, and, I mean, don't forget about Trey Jones. Cassius Stanley. I like this Duke team. Facts. Uh, beat Zion's record for the vertical. Yeah, I mean, he's crazy. an absolute animal. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, not to brag, but Wendell Moore's high school is like uh, one hour away from me, so that's kind of cool. But, I mean, this team's good all around. Not saying they're better than last year's team, but they can go far in March Madness. They can go farther than Elite Eight, like Zion and RJ and all of them did. But ACC is going to be interesting this year. I mean, you see UNC go with Amando Bicot from IMG Academy and also Cole Anthony, who I'm really excited to watch Cole Anthony, to be honest, even though I'm a Duke fan. So, I mean... ACC is kind of going to be tough this year, as always. So, moving on from the ACC, we'll go to the SEC, which SEC is kind of inconsistent, but 
Uh, Anthony, if you would like to go first about the ACC, uh, not ACC, my fault, uh, SEC. Jared, you want to go? I I got to take a second here. Yeah, yeah, sure. You have your notes. So I mean, the SEC is going to be a little bit more spaced out versus like in skill level with Kentucky being the obvious favorite to the the best team, only second or. I don't even know what I'm saying. Kentucky is going to be the best team in this conference by a decent amount of room with uh, Tyrese Maxey and Khalil Whitney are unbelievable. Two fantastic players that are going to help coach Calipari just expand their offense and their defense. But the Florida Gators are also pretty interesting this year because they have the two five-star recruits and Scotty Lewis and Trey Mann. I didn't watch them in high school, so I don't know exactly how they would be playing. But Shadow Lewis was a baller in high school. Yeah, but but even, yeah, yeah, but just to see like a program that's not exactly known for the basketball picking up these two massive recruits is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Also playing against Kentucky, which is a longtime powerhouse of Coach Calipari. I have Vanderbilt winning. No, no, I'm kidding. You you scared <laughs> me, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually hyped about Vanderbilt last year, but they didn't win the conference game. I don't Garbage. Think. I don't think so. Um, I have I have Kentucky coming out on top just because it's it's Kentucky. They, again, they had good offseason signings, and then LSU in second, and then Tennessee coming in third. I think it's another division that, again, like you said, it'll be it'll be a little bit more spaced out this year. You have a lot of teams that really won't be competing for much, but I think those that race between the top three will be really fun to watch. Yeah, and also I like what Jared brought up, the Florida Gators. I think they are the dark horse of this entire season. I mean, bringing in Scotty Lewis was a huge pickup, top five player in um, the rankings. But people might forget Kerry Blackshear Jr. from Virginia Tech also transferred there, and he was a big part of that Virginia Tech team. And it'll just be interesting to see what Mike White can do with this team, but obviously the favorite with E.J. Montgomery and Emmanuel Quickly, Kentucky, I mean – Kentucky is always going to be up there in recruiting, but they just don't seem to get it done, losing to Auburn in the Elite Eight. But it's it's going to be interesting. SEC is always going to be interesting, no matter what. LSU can also get up there. We see that. Georgia can be in the conversation, especially with Anthony Edwards. And, I mean, it'll be interesting just to see what the SEC can do from here. And I'll just do that again. Watch out for Vanderbilt. <laughs> True. And trans- transitioning from the SEC, we're going to move on to the Big Ten, which most people think is the best conference in basketball with the ACC. So if uh, one of you would just want to go ahead and give your thoughts on the Big Ten this season, who you have on top and whatnot. Go ahead, Jared. So um, the Big Ten is shaping up to be another powerhouse of a division with just starting off with – MSU and Cassius Winston going or is like the favorite to win that MVP equivalent of the NCAA. Then you have other team in Michigan, the Wolverines. They look pretty good with um. Wait, can you cut that out? Yeah, we can cut it out. Just uh, I have to, I have to disconnect for a second echoing 
Yeah. 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 All right. I'm going to disconnect. It's killing me. Oh, wait. I'm here. Wait, there was two podcasts open. Okay, that's weird. Is the echoing done? Okay. Yes? Yeah, it's done. Okay, I'll just start I'll just start over with the bacon. <clears throat> so transitioning on from the SEC to the Big Ten, which many people claim to be the best conference in basketball uh, versus the ACC. But just give your thoughts on what you expect from this very good conference in the Big Ten. Um, so this team is – or this conference is also shaping up to be as good, if not better, than the than the ACC this year. With um, Cassius Winston, a front runner to be the MVP this year, people are comparing him to a much tinier Magic Johnson, but I can kind of see it. Same college, same kind of playing style. I like that a lot. You also have Indiana Hoosiers coming off of a rough season last year. Obviously, no more Romeo Langford, but... I think that they can still still manage with Archie Miller, who's a fantastic coach, and not that bad of a schedule. So I think that they could possibly make something out of not a lot, honestly. Yeah, then, I definitely agree. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. No, what were you going to say? I was going to say, yeah, I think Indiana could actually be decent because they went 8-12 and 12 last year in their conference, which obviously is not what you want. But I do think that, again, with their great coach, they could actually do some pretty decent things in that conference, though. Because you had only five teams that went over 500 against their own conference last year in the Big Ten. So you have the top of that that conference, which is actually solid, from Michigan State, Purdue, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Maryland. And then you had a bunch of teams, such as Northwestern, who did not play well. But ultimately, I think that some of those teams down towards the bottom from last year, like Ohio State and Indiana, could make some noise. But I do think Purdue and Michigan State are going to stay at the top of that conference. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, Michigan State is the favorite for everything and everyone's predictions. I mean, rightfully so. You got Joshua Langford, Cassius Winston, and, I mean, also freshman Rocky, Rocket Watts, which many people are excited about and Xavier Tillman, the big man. But I actually have Ohio State in the top three in this conference, and that might be a shock. Like he just said, they didn't have the best of season last year, but I, I believe in Chris Holtman bringing that team up there. With the many recruits that they got, they got three top uh, four-star recruits, which is not the best, but, I mean, anything better than what they have. And also, I mean, people are forgetting about Maryland – Maryland team can actually do some damage and be a dark horse and actually won the Big Ten. They kept Jalen Smith, which was vital. They got Eric Ayala, good three-point shooter, got Aaron Wiggins, got Anthony Cowan Jr. I mean, this Maryland team, if they didn't call that travel, which LSU arguably did, then they would be in the Sweet 16. But this Maryland team, the Terps are going to be dangerous to watch out for and I like what Michigan's doing. I don't think Juwan Howard's going to have the best season in his first year, but they'll be up there eventually. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Big Ten is always just going to be difficult to call. And transition from that, the Big 12, I'll start with this. Many front runners are going to be 
Kansas, which, I mean, rightfully so again. They have Devin Dotson, and a lot of recruits came in this year, which they had a disappointing end of the season last year. But they do have Jen Wilson and Tristan Anaruna coming back in. But and but the one bad thing is Quentin Grimes going to Houston is going to hurt them, even though Quentin Grimes, I went off of him last year, had a very good first game of the season, but then he just dropped off the whole way. So, And you got also teams like their Texas, Texas Tech, who were runners-up last year, who could make some damage also. And what do you guys expect from this conference? Right. Um. I actually really do like Texas Tech again this year. I think they have a good amount of motivation to get back to that same place they were last year, which I really wanted them to win that playoff, which kind of sucks. But, yeah, I think Texas Tech is going to do really well. I know this, I think Baylor is actually going to have a decent season. Uh, yeah. And Kansas State, too. I think it shapes up to be mostly the same as last year. Yeah. It's, that's. I don't think it will change very much. Yeah. Okay, I think Jared got kicked out. I mean, I don't have specific player analysis um, for this because I just do not pay attention to the Big 12 outside of March Madness. But, I mean, Kansas, always a dominant program. Lots of alumni, and you just, like, lots of people coming out of that school has turned out to be fantastic. So you just, you know about that, how that program can develop players fresh out of high school into big names in the NBA. But, I mean, a little bit of a disappointing ending to last season for Kansas. But then you also have Baylor and Texas Tech who are looking for redemption um, from relatively early exits um, last season. But besides that, I don't really see much in this conference this year. Okay, so moving on from that, we'll go to the Pac-12 Pac-12 is going to be interesting this year. They didn't have a lot of hype around it. Oregon ended up coming up on top. But I, a lot of people have Arizona, but I'm, I think Washington will win the Pac-12 this year. They got Isaiah Stewart. They got Jaden McDaniels. They also got Quaid Green from Kentucky transferring over to Washington this year. I think it's going to be a good battle. Also, you got, I mean, people are forgetting USC. got Onyeke Kongwu who was Juan Melo Ball's former teammate at Chino Hills, which is always exciting, Isaiah Mobley. And it's going to be exciting to see if the Trojans can do with this young, exciting team. And then you got Arizona, obviously, with Sean Miller probably paying the bag to Nico Mannion and Josh Green. But, I mean, it's going to be an exciting conference. Not many people see it. But this will be a top four, top three conference this year. Like it is like anything can happen in the Pac-12 as you see in college football these days. But what are your thoughts on this conference? Um, I guess I'll take this. Um, but I am a massive Arizona University basketball fan, and I absolutely love what they have done this off season with the signing of, of course, Nicola Mannion and Josh Hart, two unbelievable pickups. I mean, Sean or Sean Miller is a fantastic coach who has developed countless players like Aaron Gordon, DeAndre Ayton, even like players that like Parker Jackson Cartwright, who we might be seeing later on the uh, show, help them develop and grow into fantastic players. 
So I'm really excited to see what he can do with these two freshmen. I think that they, I like unbiased view. I think that is going to be either Washington, Arizona. I think it's a 50, 50 chance. I really don't see one much better than the other. So I'm really excited to see this pac 12. I do think Arizona is going to play well too. I liked what they did during the off season. So I think they pick it up a little bit. Um, see Utah. Uh, they they had they went seventeen and fourteen last year. I say them staying around the same. Arizona State probably around the same, but I do think Washington's the favorite in the Pac twelve, and I think that's going to stay that way this year. Okay, and moving on to out of the out of the top five, we'll go American Conference, which is going to be interesting this year. A lot of people know why Memphis and Houston battling out mostly. But what are your just your thoughts on the whole Memphis situation? If they're underrated or overrated? and also about who can surprise people in this conference. Uh, Anthony, you, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, I say Memphis, there's definitely a good amount of hype starting Memphis right now. And I would say they're a little bit overrated, not much. They, they obviously made some good signings in the off season, but they did, they did lose their best player. And I'm, I'm blanking on his name because I'm smart. But, um, yeah, I mean, they lose their best player, but they made some good off-season moves. I say they're a little bit overrated, not much. And then Houston, I say Houston remains on top. It just – I say – I I think they're the best team in that division or conference, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess if I'm next. I <laughs> actually really like Memphis. I really like – um. Wait, can we cut this out? I'm completely blanking. <laughs> What's the guy's name? <laughs> no, what? Like, <sighs> he went to the Grizzlies. What is it? What's his name? No. You think of John Morant? Yeah. No, wait. Yes, I think so. Yeah. John Morant was Murray State. Yeah. yeah. See, you see, you see, you see what I don't know about. Um, you see what I don't know about college basketball now? I'll give you some help. Just go to 24-7 sports and look up the basketball recruiting team rankings. Okay, I got you. All right, so um, can we cut that and then, like, resume in, like, 10 seconds? Yeah, just go when you want. All right, so... I really like Memphis this year. James Wiseman, five-star recruit as a center, looks to be an absolute. Did he crash again? Uh, I have no idea. It just went blank for me. Yeah. Sorry, this app. This I hate this app. It keeps on disconnecting yeah, me, and so. then I re when I rejoin, it makes like two things. I have to exit out of one, and then I'm back. Okay, so starting from the beginning. Okay, so I really like Memphis this year because they've had a pretty good off season with in the center, seven feet tall. 
freshman this year coming from um like playing for USA basketball, McDonald All American. He's going to be really fun to watch in a really growing and developing program. I see them over Houston this year. I just I really have faith in this center and this team. Yeah, understandably. Um I don't really know what to think of Memphis because I don't know, first of all, we don't know how Penny Hardaway will be as a coach. He brought in a great recruiting class, which consists of James Wiseman, Precious, Anchua, and Boogie Ellis, who uh, came home from Duke, which made me sad, but he'll regret it in the long run down. Don't worry. But this Memphis team can go far, but they can also get very upset or very early. Now, with Houston, for me, obviously, I mean, Chris Harris Jr. was a baller last year. And it's just going to become if Quentin Grimes can get back on what he was doing at Kansas. He didn't do much at Kansas, which I went off of him for last year. But if he can get back to the uh, 15 points per game, 20 points per game, kind of Grimes we've been seeing, we saw glimpses of, then I think Houston can come out on top. But for me, it just depends on that and on how good of a coach Penny Hardaway Willie is in the big moments. So moving on to our last out of five power five conference, big East. Now big East is going to be exciting to watch. Obviously you got Satan Hall and Villanova, but there are other teams that you can watch out for. I mean, like Xavier looking good, DePaul maybe. And I mean, why uh, just for you guys to th- discuss for a bit. Anthony. Yeah. I'll go ahead. Um, yeah, I think Villanova is going to be the favorite. And for me, I think they're the favorite for that conference. And then I think Xavier is always kind of the underdog. And I've always tended to like what they like, what, like what they do and their play style. And I think they're probably going to do well. Another call, another school Marquette. I also think Marquette's going to have a good season. And again, yeah, also Seton Hall, St. John's too. I don't, I think St. John's going to have a decent year. Butler, uh, Butler's okay. I've heard actually some hype around Butler this year, but I don't really see it. So I think I don't know how well they're gonna do. But yeah, Jerry, what do you think? Um, so this conference is usually just Villanova and then like Seton Hall, Marquette, Murray State last year. That was kind of crazy though. Just trying to struggle for like the lower spots, but. And I think that's going. I think that's how it's going to remain. I don't really see anything special in Marquette. There's not really any massive names. St. John's, their biggest name is their coach. So I mean, like, <laughs> that isn't really a fantastic sign if your best players, your most valuable assets, will never be on the court. Villanova, I mean, they're just dominant, always dominant, but. What's it called? What's what called? Seton Hall is always fun to watch as they're always kind of like a lower, like 15th seed, maybe like 13th in like the AP Top 25, but they always somehow manage to 
make a decent run in March Madness. So I'm excited to see how they're going to be. I don't really see much competition in that division, really just teams struggling for, like, the lower spots. But we'll see. Yeah, I think y'all got it completely right. I mean, Villanova, I mean, they're going to be on top for a while. Jay Wright is a top five coach, if you ask me, and a lot of people. They got Robinson Earl from IMG. And, I mean, he looked great in the high school playoffs. And, I mean, Brian Tone and many others. But St. Hall and Marquette are going to be exciting to watch for two names, Miles Powell and Marcus Howard. It's a shame the Marquette lost the Hauser twins. It, I mean, you saw in the Georgetown game, I believe, the Hauser twins could pick up from where Marcus Howard left off when he left the court. But it'll be exciting to see if St. Hall can, and Marquette can catch up the middle of this year. And just we'll transition to a college football. It's going to be a, a lot of college talk this, this podcast. So we'll just get down to it. Penn State, Michigan. The wideout game for Penn State, a statement game for them against Michigan. And, I mean, they completed it winning 28-21. Honestly, I don't know how Michigan stayed in this game in the first half. Penn State could have been up by four, three scores early in the first quarter. So, we'll just give your thoughts on this game. It doesn't have to be in detail. Just give your thoughts, main thoughts on this Penn State-Michigan game. Go ahead, Jared. Okay, so this state was really just the battle of the quarterbacks. You mean, you see, Sean Clifford looked amazing for Penn State. 182 yards, three passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. He was really just doing it all. He left it out on the field. He was banged up from taking a few hits that game. But then you also have Zach Charbonnet for... um. Wait, he cut out. I think so. Ugh. Hey, the Niners won. They did? Yeah, 9-0. Three field goals. <laughs> Wait, let me chill my face. I, I just saw Deshaun watch it through a touchdown, so I'm happy. Hi, I'm back. Sorry. This... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I hate that. It's not your fault. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, okay. So... We're resuming in like five. Yeah, so that was on the Penn State side, but on the Michigan side, also a lot of. Um, I was very impressed by Zach Charbonnet. Char- Charbonnet. I don't know exactly how you pronounce that. But running back for Michigan, absolutely amazing game. 81 yards, two touchdowns, showed up the whole Penn State defense. So that was really fun to watch. But that was just like a typical high-scoring game. Efficient offenses, crappy defenses. Not much really to stay over there. Uh, I mean, I can go next. I mean, Penn State, the only team in top five in scoring offense and top five in defense efficiency this year. This Penn State team could go all the way, and I think – that last spot in the playoff, if it doesn't go to a Pac-12 team like Oregon or Utah, or maybe even a two-loss team, who knows, it will come down to who wins this Penn State-Ohio State game if that team does end up winning the Big Ten title game. 
it would come down to that. And if you ask me right now, I honestly would not know who would win that Penn State Ohio State game. Ohio State looks amazing. Penn State looks amazing. This thing that gets Penn State going is KJ Hamler. He is the engine of this offense. You can compare him to Rondell Moore. You can compare him to whatever you like. But I also like James Franklin, what he's doing in this offense. And also Sean Clifford is taking on a good role from Tracy McSorley last year. So this Penn State team is really good. And Michigan just disappoints every year, if you're going to be honest. I mean, a lot of people had them in the playoff. I honestly did not. I had them not even making Big Ten title game. Uh, Michigan disappoints every year. Shea Patterson look, does not look like the coach, uh, not coach, the quarterback he was last year. And he doesn't really have any options, if you could say. Ronnie Bell, Nico Collins, I mean, what's that going to get him, honestly? They don't have big-name receivers. Michigan just needs to get up. I think, honestly, Jim Harbaugh is on the hot seat and might even have to go after the end of the year. If you ask me if the Michigan wants a change in this organization. And so that's what I have to say, Anthony, if you want to add anything onto that. What I will say is I agree. I think Harbaugh needs to go if Michigan wants to transform their program at all. I don't think he's going to be able to lead them in big games. Like everyone thinks he will change that, change that, but I don't think it happens. And then I definitely think Penn State looks really good. I say that they are the biggest threat to Ohio State in the Big Ten. Yeah, and there's no doubt. One more yeah. thing. I do think Penn State needs to find a little bit more consistency on the offensive side of the ball. They're a little bit shaky every once in a while. But I do ultimately think that Michigan got lucky because there were multiple times that Penn State mm. could have absolutely ran away with that game. And they and they didn't, so. I mean, yeah, it, that's just, Michigan. I mean, yeah, Michigan but, needs new. I mean, everything. Yeah, yeah, but also, like, uh, oh, sorry, but okay. like to your point, Cameron, mm-hmm. like that they were Penn State was the top five on offense and defense. I definitely saw that top five offense, but against a relatively mediocre Michigan team, I mean, being nineteenth in the top twenty-five. I didn't really – I wasn't impressed with their defense. There was a lot of missed tackles. Um, yeah, I did see that. That was – Yeah. If a running back picks up 81, touch, 81 yards and two touchdowns against a top five most efficient defense, I don't think that they are really living up to their name on that one. Yeah, I do agree. And also, if you watch the Penn State-Pitt game, that defense did not look amazing. And also, the offense did not look – on point as they did the entire season against Pitt and even against Michigan. But just moving on from that game, two teams that had major hype, or at least one did, Oregon and Wa- at Washington. Oregon coming out coming out with the late dub, 35-31 to 31 at Washington. I'll, I mean, I'll just start off. I had Oregon in the uh, play, college football playoff. I think they can still do it, but I don't know if the – College football committee will recognize it, which I'm, is something I'm worried about because you see the Pac-12 just really, really weird this year. You see USC upsetting Utah. You see um, UCLA upsetting Washington State when uh, Wazoo was ranked. Hello. You see you. Hi, Jerry. Hello. Hi. I'm. We good? Wait, what? What? Yeah. Hello. You good? Wait, why did you just randomly say hello? <laughs> I'm confused. 
right. There's a lot of bad audio, so I didn't hear anything that just happened. Okay, I was just gonna, I was just explaining that we're here. Okay, I'll restart because I randomly heard a hello and I was like, what? Okay, and moving on from the Penn State Michigan game thing, I don't know what's. Okay, Jared, do you hear me? Yeah, no, I do. Okay, wait, who's the one saying I don't hear anything? Jared, that was me. Uh, okay, <laughs> I got everyone hears me, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So moving on from the Penn State Michigan game, we'll move on to two teams that had some hype coming in, one more than the other. Oregon winning at Washington. Eleven Frank Oregon winning thirty five to thirty one. It was a very impressive game. Late outcome. I had personally had Oregon in the college football playoff. It's just I'm worried about if they'll get recognized for their wins because Pac twelve just insanely weird this year and it's kinda crazy. You see a team like USC with their third string go and beat Utah. I mean, it's just kind of crazy. And then you see UCLA come back from 31 to beat Washington State when they were ranked. And then you see Oregon State being UCLA when Oregon State had two wins on the season. So it's just really weird. Justin Herbert throwing for 24 to, for 38, 280 yards, four touchdowns. I like this Oregon team. I like the defense especially. You have true freshman Kayvon Thibodeau, for example, that can get it done. Then you have an extremely talented leader on that defense like Troy Dye who can lead that defense especially. The the secondary did not do as well against Washington as I hoped, but this Oregon team is good. It's just they got the Pac-12 North North wrapped up now, and they're most likely going to face Utah in the Pac-12 title game which may determine who goes to the Rose Bowl, who goes to the college football playoff. Who knows? So what was your guys' perspective on that game as well? I definitely agree. I think Oregon has basically clinched Pac-12 North. I don't see them. I don't see Utah as much of a threat to them. I think Justin Herbert looks great. And then I do think their defense needs to find a little bit more consistency because at one point they've been really good. At one point they've just – been very shaky and it does not look good but ultimately I do think the Ducks will get out of the Pac-12 North really easily and probably make the college football playoff like you said okay now and Jared yeah I mean I think that these two teams are interesting and Oregon being I mean pretty fantastic so far this year but Washington has been kind of a letdown honestly with losing to Stanford and now losing to Oregon in a it was a tough battle, but I mean it's kind of just Jacob Eason with like trying to carry everyone with two hundred eighty four yards and three touchdowns. Played his heart out. I mean, just can't I feel, keep up with that yeah. team. Jacob Eason was we all thought Washington would do better with Jacob Eason, but I mean you saw what Jacob Eason did at Georgia before he got let out with the injury. But Washington's still very good. It's just uh, Oregon's uh, better. So, I mean, that does it for college football. We'll just talk about AP poll for a little bit. Just uh, shocking. Obviously, Wisconsin getting upset by Illinois. Moving from 6th to 13th, Johnson Taylor couldn't get anything going. And Illinois, they almost did it, came back against Michigan. And Wisconsin paid the price, and Illinois got their win. Wisconsin now 13th. We also see the likes of Ohio State jumping Clemson for that number three spot. 
Penn State moving up to six and anything other that you guys want to talk about from the AP poll that came out today? What I will say now, this poll, I mean, are you Jerry God? No, I, I was just about to say this poll is the most accurate, I think, so far this season. Yeah, I like it. I do think Wisconsin deserved to get hit big time after a loss to Illinois. I don't think anybody saw that coming at all. Um, yeah, I would say it's definitely really accurate for the most part. I think LSU has surprised me a lot this year because I actually didn't think they were going to be that good. But I definitely think that a two spots where they should be. And ultimately, yeah, I don't have any complaints. And also, Jared, Wake Forest is number 25, so you got your wish. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm not even a Demon Deacon fan. I was just, like, <laughs> shocked that one loss could throw them off so badly. But It's just a shame they're in Atlantic division with Clemson or else still be in contention for the ACC title game. They're an amazing team. Yeah. It's, it's really just the strength of that ACC division and how much of, like, how condensed that um, talent is in, like, that conference that just can't allow, like, certain teams that aren't absolute superpowers to really contend. And also, I just want to say there are a lot of teams that people didn't think were expecting. I mean, Baylor 7-0. and I did think Baylor was going to be good, but not this good. I I have I I think they can beat I think they'll beat Texas if you ask me. Texas just did not look good against Kansas, and you win by two in a shootout against Kansas at Austin, Texas. I mean, it just doesn't look good. SMU's looking good. Minnesota, I had them starting seven oh six and one going to the Big Ten title game, and they're number seventeen. So go Golden Gophers, and App State. I, they look. <laughs> I don't know if they'll be the top team, but. They, I'm impressed. Even, yeah, I mean, even without Scott Sattersfield from going to Louisville, they're still a pretty good team. And transitioning to NBA, just as the preseason's over, the season's underway, just talk about what you guys have seen from the preseason that you guys are shocked, you want to talk about, a surprise. Just take it away. The one thing that I will say is that the preseason is interesting to me because you still saw, like, as you see in the regular season, you you still see players, like, taking games off for, like, load management. And I've always thought the preseason was almost a little bit, like, it was unnecessary, but, like, if the if star players are going to take games off to rest, like, kind of, like, what's the point of having, uh, like, a like extended preseason for the most part when you have a bunch of these star players just sitting out to, like, wait? And my other point was, I've seen like Zion got hurt. Like he out for a few weeks with a knee injury. So I feel like having like a bunch of these preseason exactly. games definitely hurts a regular season team because it's the same level of basketball that's being played. So you have at the same um, you, have, you have the same chance of getting injured in a game that has does not matter one bit to an, to your season. Yeah, and you also saw Russell Westbrook uh, storm off the court with a hand injury. We do not know what happened there unless reports Dis- have come dislocated in. Dislocated finger. Oh, I believe that was the report. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it'll be like the Zion thing. It's just disappointing if a player gets injured in a game that's, like, meaningless, kind of. But I guess it is what it is. Anything else you have, for Jared? I mean, you guys kind of took my whole thing because I was just going to 
talk about how useless the preseason is. I mean, there is no reason to have this preseason. I guess it's kind of nice for the people that are trying to prove their spot. Like, for example, Marquise Chris on the Warriors earning his spot over Alfonso McKinney, obviously. But, I mean, there's no reason why, like, LeBron and Anthony Davis playing against the Warriors, that's like a high-intensity game that has way too much of a risk for injury. Like, I, I – it just – I it, I don't understand why they're playing. Davis did something to his hand or finger, didn't he, points. right? Yeah, he did something to his hand, I believe. It, yeah, it's just like they took the second game off, but it's I don't understand why coaches will put in players knowingly with the risk of being because it's it's the preseason is literally the garbage time equivalent to the like the NBA season. There's no like what's it, it doesn't really matter what happens in it. It's just time to develop big player or Smaller players, I say so. if you're going to play a preseason game, you take your main stars out. Maybe play them like five, ten minutes, but don't give them much. Give give your bench players and maybe a few G League players chances to show what they have and not risk injuries to your main players. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like the NFL kind of, where they just play their starters for like half the first quarter and then put the second string in. Just to give them kind a little like, warm-up time and then, you know, yeah. like, don't get hurt. Yeah, and – I mean, just to point out something big from the NBA, I mean, there's nothing big, but Raptors finally, I mean, they wrap up their Pascal Siakam with a $130 million extension over four years, who, where it looks like he's going to be the cornerstone of this franchise going forward. I mean, not really much thoughts you can give, but Siakam, just look out for him to be a big part of this Raptors team going forward. And moving on, if you guys wanted to talk about that, let me know. I w- one thing I will say is I don't – for me, I don't see Siakam as the main player on a team, though. I feel like Siakam is, like, the, the secondary piece to, like, a big star. So I'm interested to see how he takes on the main role of a team mm-hmm. with an aging Kyle Lowry and no more Kawhi. That is true. Yeah. Now we'll just go into NHL for, like, a minute or two. I mean, I'll just wrap up the divisions. Oilers still look good. Losing going right now, they're top of the Pacific Division along with the Ducks. Going to Knights, following them. Avalanche still look pretty nice along with the Predators in the <laughs> Central Division. Sabers, a lot of people didn't think Sabers would keep this up, but they're still on top of the Atlantic Division. Metropolitan Division, Hurricanes now second along with the Penguins. And a three-way tie for number first place with the Penguins, Hurricanes, and Capitals wrapping up that division, which looks like a pretty tough division going forward. So if there's anything you want to talk about NHL, I know it's just the beginning of the season, so not much there is to talk about. I don't know much hockey, yeah. but um, my Sharks suck, so that's unfortunate. Yeah, that is upsetting. Seventh in the Pacific Division. Ranger. No more Vander King. Rangers losing. Yeah, <laughs> But Rangers losing to the Devils was embarrassing. Oh, yeah. R- Rangers just don't look good. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, they're still 2-2. Two and two, So, I mean, yeah. there, there's the, – I can see the potential in them. But, I mean, losing to, like giving, – giving the Rangers – or giving the Devils their first one of the season off of, like, horrifically played games by them, it's just, like it, – it makes me cringe. It's not very nice to see. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, go ahead. Dalvin so, Cook is a really good at no. football. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel bad for whoever's going up against him in fantasy every week. 
But that is going to have to do it for the timeout podcast from on the call sports. We'll, we're joined by Anthony, who I forgot to mention in the beginning, Anthony or Wino Show, Wino Sports on Instagram, and Jared and myself, Cameron. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Peace.